All right, guys, I know you love the sport of hockey, and I know you love making money. So let's bring those two things together. MyBookie.ag has teamed up with the Hockey Podcast Network to bring you a great deal. Use the promo code THPN, and MyBookie will match your initial deposit 50% all the way up to $1,000. So you deposit $500, you get $250 to play with in free wagers. That's a can't-lose situation, folks. Use the promo code THPN on MyBookie.ag. MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Welcome to the Soda Pod, ladies and gentlemen. Isha Jerome here, solo again this week, but we will be featuring a few voices from the Hockey Podcast Network, so you still have a lot to look forward to. Um, before we get into any shenanigans, um, we, before we get into some wild talk, general hockey talk, and like I said, bring on some of the voices from the Hockey Podcast Network, I want to give uh, our best wishes, prayers, thoughts uh, to Brandon Quast. And his family, as his mother is going through some health stuff at the moment, which is why Brandon uh, will not be joining us tonight. 2020. It's been a bitch of a year thus far, let me tell you. Um, Like, both my father and friend have had some uh, medical issues. Kobe Bryant's recent death. And um, I'm, I just, I feel like there's a lot going on in everyone's lives right now. But, having said all that, it, uh... As you know, spring is is starting to dawn upon us. It's only it's only uphill from here, and uh, I have a feeling this summer is going to make up for this shitty start to 2020. Now, as you heard in the intro, no beer tonight. I'm actually cutting it close. We have a we have a deadline here at the Hockey Podcast Network where we have to get all our episodes in um, every night to queue up for the morning. And admittedly, this is the latest. The absolute latest I've left a podcast. Now, it's probably because I'm going solo. You know, Brandon keeps me in line a little early. Since he's a few hours ahead, too, that helps. Here on Pacific Time, I seem to I seem to cut it close. I seem to be doing that with school now lately, too, but that's a, that's a whole other story in itself. But no, I got no beer. I just got some, some coffee. Some coffee at 11.16 p.m. Pacific Time. Don't worry, I'm not going to bed in an hour, nor did I plan to, because when I'm done recording this podcast, it'll be close to midnight, and then I have just, uh, yeah, just around an hour or so to uh, <laughs> to edit it all up quick, which shouldn't take long. And, uh, and then, yeah, queue it up for all you listening on Thursday. So anyways, yeah, just some coffee. I admittedly uh, melted some of this uh, Polish like chocolate powder to make a kick-ass little mocha yeah it's pretty it's pretty fucking fancy for (laughs) for 11 17 p.m on a uh on a wednesday evening we do have a lot of hockey talk though so let's get right into it we have a new giveaway uh on twitter at hockeypodnet and uh i just want to say thanks to Gong Show Gear for sponsoring that giveaway gongshowgear.ca is where you can find Gong Show uh, they're they're a great Canadian hockey apparel company, company one of the best in my mind, and we're really excited to be working with them. 
Uh, they gave us a ton of swag, a ton of hats to give away over the holiday season. So go check us out at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. Um, it's slightly there's slightly different way to enter this week. Uh, Ru, you can uh, retweet as always. Well, you should. You have to retweet as always. You have to tag two friends in the post. And instead of following us at HockeyPodNet, though that's always encouraged, um, to enter this contest, you have to go on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can rate and review podcasts and give us a rating and a review. You can be as honest, you can be as brutal as possible, or you can be as praiseworthy as possible. Uh, however, don't forget to tag your Twitter handle so we can put you uh, in the giveaway draw. All right, let's uh, let's... Let's get into the show rundown here. We got some wild news and notes. I'm gonna run some audio from episode 37 of the Brits on Bruins podcast. Um, our friends from uh, <laughs> from uh, from beyond the pond are uh, had some had some interesting thoughts and uh, in in my opinion a great breakdown of the Boston Bruins win over the Minnesota Wild. I admittedly watched the first period, which wasn't that bad and then uh my my girlfriend was actually in well, i was at i was at the rink while they were warming up watching uh well, i was actually there half an hour early watching the first period and while they were warming up and then i kind of just tuned out and i'm really glad i did so um because brandon's not here to talk about it uh, i was going to just run some audio from the brits on bruins podcast and then to talk a little bit about the vancouver canucks game that you i are either uh going to watch tonight or are watching tonight this thursday night as Minnesota while as Minnesota hosts the Vancouver Canucks, I caught up with Elijah Needham, host of well, one host, anyways, of uh, the Stick and Rink podcast, and we just had a quick little chat, uh, a loose chat about uh, about this matchup. We got some general hockey talk, man. I had so many notes lined up. Um, a lot of them I want to talk to Brand. I want to include Brandon in the conversation about. So I cut a few. Um, well, I kind of just highlighted a few that I may just bring on to the next episode or two um d- depending on how much time we have we'll uh, we'll play that by ear as well and then uh <laughs> and then we have a poll question and yes there's been a debacle but silver lining uh we got a little we got a little hockey podcast network uh bump there and i'll uh i'll explain all that in the final segment of this show um we don't have any texts or voicemails in our open phone segment but i do encourage everybody in and outside the state of hockey to uh, leave us a text or voicemail at 612-324-1684. Listen, it's simple. If you call us, if you text us, we're putting you on the podcast. It's a great way to interact with our listeners, so don't be shy. Um, and that segment's always brought to you by the Open Phone app. They give you a business phone in an app. Great monthly rates at only 10 bucks a month. And once you sign up, you'll be invited to the web app. And I'm using, well, I always use the web app whenever we, we run down this segment. The web app is unbelievable. This app is unbelievable. Go check them out open phone app and uh this is a bat signal to drunk greg we need your calls bud and dog father where you at where you at uh follow, follow myself on twitter at vi sports talk you can follow brandon at quest gone wild and of course the podcast at the soda pod um the best thing you can do today is rate and review the network and the shows you like every show has an individual feed now so just look it up it, it's slowly starting to make its way on newer newer feeds every day so be patient but it should be up on apple spotify Castbox, all those uh, main ones right now. I heart and tune in in the next couple weeks. Um, but give a rate and review there. And if you do give a rate and review, tag your uh, Twitter handle. Go on Twitter, check out at HockeyPodNet, retweet and tag two friends. And you'll also be um, entered into our weekly gongshowgear.ca draw. And reminder, we always have a poll question every week at the Soda Pod. And yes, we do have a poll question. 
I promise. It's there. Write-ins are always encouraged, especially for this one. Please explain yourself. Um, if you miss any part of the shows or on the network, you can download the podcast at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Again, we have a main feed by looking up the Hockey Podcast Network, or you can check out every other podcast on their own separate feed. Just look them up wherever you get your podcasts from. The Soda Pod here is a product of the Hockey Podcast Network, and it is brought to you by our friends at gongshowgear.ca and mybookie.ag. Let's get into segment one, some wild news and notes. I'm going to throw it to my boy, Odd Man Rush and Chris, and then we'll quickly reflect on uh, on the notes that they brought in episode 37 of the Brits on Bruins podcast, and I'll pose some questions to you listeners. So uh, Boston Bruins ran out 6-1 winners uh, on a game which we thought was going to be quite close mm. uh, going going into it. And we said it a lot depended on the Winnipeg game. Um, and they carried that through into the game against Minnesota. Uh, a four-point night for Tory Krug as well. Great night for him. Mm. In terms of uh, the penalties, Boston did a, a great job again. Uh, penalty killing. Charlie McAvoy uh, got two penalties on the night. And then Brad Marchand got one, of course. He pretty much always does. <laughs> um, DeBrusque, DeBrusque and Chara with the other penalties. Uh, shots on goal. We've got um, Boston 12-11 in the first period. Boston 12-8 in the second period. And Boston 10-7 in the third period to make it 34-26. Uh, overall, six hits for Boston, 19 for Minnesota, really throwing the body around, uh, 14 blocks apiece, only two giveaways for Boston in this one compared to 10 for the Minnesota Wild. Like you said, the Boston Bruins basically took care of business in this game. They didn't look like they'd played a game, a really close game where they were outplayed like crazy against Winnipeg the day before, did they? So you've got the situation where they're, they're out shooting their opponent, out face-offs, like you said, three power play goals in the third period, which is just incredible. Like, what a way to put the game away. And yeah. talk about making a team pay for taking penalties. You you come out and you get three power play goals from your first unit as well. Once again... Yeah, Mar- and that, Mar- was, that was power plays number one, two, and three. Exactly. And the, the team, like the Minnesota Wild, I think got the message after that because they only took one more penalty for the rest of the game. Now, I'm not saying it's... <laughs> not enjoyable to join you folks here and talk about this Minnesota wild team, but you can hear just, you can just hear the excitement in those guys' voice, especially after watching and covering a team that is well at the moment anyways, rolling, rolling through the national hockey league. It's crazy. It it really is. Like I, I have it up right in front of me right now. The Boston Bruins uh, rolled through the Canucks, shut them out for nothing. Minnesota, 6-1, as, the, as they were just talking about. Uh, they beat the Jets, 2-1 in a close one. They beat the Golden Knights. They uh, well they, they lost a close one to the Pittsburgh Penguins um, in a, a, a one or a, a two-game series. They, they beat them quite handily, 4-1 the game prior. Um, yeah, they've been on an absolute tear as of late. Um, coming out of the bye week, like every single National Hockey League team, we will get into that later, folks, um, they... They did have some cobwebs to shake, but I think 
like I said, that's with, every, that's with everyone. The Minnesota Wild had the same issue. Uh, long the short of it, Boston's absolutely rolling through <laughs> teams, and you can hear just how excited these guys are to cover uh, to cover t- the team. Go check them out at Brits on Bruins on Twitter, and go check de- go check out Odd Man Rush on YouTube. Uh, huge fan even before we hooked up to uh, to work on the Hockey Podcast Network together. Now, just a couple key things I want to highlight um, from that uh, little clip there. Tori Krug. What an absolute beast. In a contract year, no less. Um, a few years ago, I want to say it was in 2015, uh, there was actually an offer in to, 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 from, from the Vancouver Canucks, believe it or not, to acquire Tory Krug. And I believe it was Alex Burroughs and a second-round pick at the time. Now, then Tory Krug would have already put up um, you know, his first 40-point season and his first full season in the National Hockey League. How are you? And he was on pace to do it again, which he pretty much did that year, getting 39 points and 12 goals. I don't remember why the deal didn't go through. I don't know if it was Boston who nixed it or if it was actually the Vancouver Canucks who nixed it because the Vancouver Canucks did actually make the playoffs that year and then they lost to the young Calgary Flames. But just something of note there. Troy Krug in 47 games uh, played already has 37 goals. He had a career-high 59 in 2017-2018. He's a point-scoring machine from the back end and um, an excellent skater as well. You know, he's... Let's be honest, he's one of those modern defenders in the National Hockey League, kind of what we're seeing with, you know, I guess, back to the Vancouver Canucks with with Quinn Hughes right now. Um, and then on the forward side, like the likes of Johnny Goudreau, obviously. Yeah, Tory Crew, what, what a beast. Seven goals already in the season. He got four points in that night, as the boys mentioned. And just going through and watching the highlights, like, he was a factor in this game. And and in the first period, respectively, he was uh, he was noticeable. Special teams for the Boston Bruins as well. Uh, they noted how dominant they were on the, the power play, which... I don't know about the officiating in this game. And I'm not one who likes to poke at the officiating. I call it how, how I see it. And um, just just going back and rewatching some of the plays. I, I don't know. I don't know about this game. I don't want to get into the specifics again because I didn't watch the, the whole game. But um, And to be honest, I haven't been as angry with the officials as, uh, as kind of the consensus National Hockey League fan this year, fan base this year. But I had some questions about that game. But, but anyways, back, taking nothing away from the Boston Bruins' uh, successful... Special teams, their power play looked unbelievable, and their penalty kill looked really good as well. I mean, the Boston Bruins, they're, they're monsters in regards to the way they attack offensively, but damn, are they good on the defensive side as well. They looked really dominant in the neutral zone, something actually Elijah notes when we catch up, uh, when we caught up, and I'll, I'll feature that. Uh, talk later in the show as well uh, of course host of the stick and rink podcast their neutral zone dominance is, is amazing and for someone who's covering a junior b team here in the vijhl shout out peninsula panthers they play a similar uh, uh dominant neutral zone game as well so it's something that's just really noticeable now the boston Bruins only had two giveaways that's another thing i wanted to highlight that the boys uh, talked about there to the wild 10 so you aren't going to be <laughs> You're going to be winning many games when you're giving up the puck, um, you know, more than two times your opponent, well above two times your opponent. But one thing I do want to highlight is the Minnesota Wild, 19 hits, 
19 hits out there. So they were throwing the body around and maybe getting a little too aggressive. Now they they took their feet off the gas later in the game, especially falling into penalty trouble early. But um, not afraid to dish the body out. And we saw in the Chicago game, which we'll move on to uh, next year, they actually played with a little bit of speed. And man, we... We don't see that often from this Minnesota Wild team. Sure, they have players with legs, and I'm not saying that Zach Parise has lost his legs. Nor Eric Stahl. I mean, when he gains momentum, he can bomb through the, the middle of the ice quickly at best, I guess. Anyways, taking nothing away from Eric Stahl, he's leading the team in points. However, 17 goals. Um, but in the Chicago game, there, there were moments where... I saw that there were just players on their respective lines who just couldn't couldn't keep up, and as a result, they had the Minnesota Wild that has had to make a ton of uh, of passing plays through the neutral zone. Where, hey, in this game, they succeeded and they did a really good job of it. Now, overall, this three two victory it should have been a two two zip victory, maybe a three nothing victory, one goal um, down the ice into the open net. Preferably by Stalock so he can get his goal this year. It was not supposed to play out the way it played out late in the third period. In regards to Chicago, Kirby Dock had a hell of a game. Now, I know he's not lighting it up right now offensively. But he's got a respectable seven goals and 17 points in 48 games. Uh, the third overall pick in last year's draft. Um, three seasons in the WHL right to the National Hockey League. That's how you know you got a stellar player, even if he doesn't light up the lamp um, offensively every single night. Basically your typical wild game. Get a couple goals, play some hard defense, win those ne- neutral zone battles. They did get a lot of shots. You know, they, they have no issue putting the puck on net, though I'm sure if I dug deep in their advanced stats, it would say that their prime scoring chances don't come that often. Prior to the game, is pretty funny. At Michael Russo on Twitter uh, noted that We'll, uh, we'll see soon if Jeremy Collington made the same mistake Bruce Boudreau made in Pittsburgh last month or if official game sheet is wrong. They have 13 forwards and 5 defensemen in the lineup for Chicago. Gustafson and Sealer are listed as scratches. In his debut, back with the Minnesota Wild, already facing complications. I thought that was pretty funny. I mean, other than that, I don't have too many notes on this game. The Minnesota Wild, like I said, they... they they had this one locked up. They looked like the better team overall. There were some scary chances where the the Blackhawks would force them, um, you know, wide. And Duncan Keith, you know, textbook Duncan Keith would find some, you know, open space. It looks like looked like the seas fucking cleared for that guy, and he and he got a shot off. Uh, I thought Alex Stalock played an outstanding game. Ninety three save percentage, saving twenty seven of twenty nine shots. And uh, and speaking of shots. Five shots on net by Kevin Fiala, who got two of the Wild's three goals, and uh, the third coming from Matthew Dumba, who had two points on the night as well. Dumba scoring the game winner in overtime off kind of a garbage goal, but hey, the initial chance w- w- was pretty awesome, and then it trickled in uh, as he was whacking at it after, and it, Dumba needed this, you know. Four goals on the season now. He was talking like he was going to get 30. He needs to get his confidence back up. Again, I mentioned shots. The Wild led the game in shots 34-29, and they ultimately um, locked this one up. But as I tweeted from the Soda Pot account, they just gave away points. They gave away points to to an in-division team, to, um, to a rival team, and to a team that 
jump them in the standings and who are going to fight for a wild card spot in the West. So that was a little bit disappointing to, to be perfectly honest. Um, I want to thanks, uh, say thanks again to the boys at Brits on Bruins for uh, letting me use the audio in uh, this wild news and notes segment. Look, I had some other in particular um, news coming out of Minnesota, but I want, I want to share and, um, and talk to Brandon about some of these stuff as well. When he, when he rejoins us here on the soda pod, hopefully next week, I know I didn't really have any in depth notes into, into talking about the Chicago game. I was kind of in and out watching that game, doing some work with the hockey podcast network and just kind of having it on in the background though. Like I said, there were, there were some moments, um, like that one Duncan Keith play, like, uh, the play of Kevin Fiala, who, he's really he's starting to take control more of uh of the game and and his space on the ice um he's still young and and we forget that because he had success with the national predators so early realistically being sheltered on the third line so he looked outstanding in that uh chicago blackhawks game uh folks don't forget to uh check us out on patreon as we move right along here patreon.com slash the hockey podcast network um, there's a new Pacific Roundtable that came out and a Battle of Alberta special where if there are any listeners who are tuning into the Soda Pod here who listened to the first rendition of the Stick and Rink podcast or the Stick and Rink radio show, Lyndon Wood from the Hood, the infamous Lyndon Wood, um, sat down with uh, co-creator of the Hockey Podcast Network, Dylan Kayser, and they... Uh, had a couple, uh, had a couple Whitney drinky poos. That's right, the pink Whitney, and apparently talked about the Battle of Alberta, and it's it's good stuff, folks. It's some of that extra content that uh, that you know and we know you want to consume. One dollar gets you access to all the extra content that we post on Patreon, and all the donations just go to the host. The the network doesn't take any uh, of those donations, so it's a good way to support the host and encourage them to hey create some more content. So. Um, one dollar gets you access to everything. Uh, consider moving up a tier. Um, we're updating all the uh, the the benefits to moving up the tier. To moving up a tier um, with some better swag and some just updated promotions and things like that. But what we got up there right now is uh, you know we'll still get to you if you do decide to further support the hosts on the Hockey Podcast Network. And thanks to all of our loyal patrons who already do so every month. Um, yeah, let's move on to uh, our second segment here. We're still going to talk about the Minnesota Wild, um, but we're going to we're talk a little bit about the Vancouver Canucks and kind of set that match up here on Thursday where the Minnesota Wild host the Canucks in St. Paul. I brought on Elijah Needham from the Stick and Rink podcast to talk a little bit about this game. Alright everybody, uh, I want to give a special thank you to Elijah from uh, the Stick and Rink podcast for uh, for jumping on uh, here the Soda Pod last minute. Um, I wanted to get you know I want to talk a little bit about the Vancouver Canucks, but um, I'm never I'm not used to talking about the Vancouver Canucks solo because back when I was doing Stick and Rink, I had uh, Dylan as my right hand man. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Elijah. Thanks for joining us uh, last minute here. Yeah, no problem, man. I'm, I'm super super stoked to finally get the nod. Uh, it feels good felt like I've been sitting, you know, close to the end of the bench, ready to go for a while now, but to, <laughs> to finally get my pitch called, you know, it's great. Oh man, don't say that. I remember we even brought you on uh, stick and rink before you guys even took it over. Yeah. And that was before we even knew what interviews and guests were. And we were just like, uh, I guess we started talking now, but 
Oh, it's all good fun. It's all good fun. Um, oh, yeah, it's a great time. All right, let's, let's talk a little bit about just a, a quick preview of the game. We won't exhaust it because by the time a lot of people listen to this podcast, the, the game may be going on or they may have already finished the game on Thursday. But just as, uh, well, as someone who covers the Vancouver Canucks like yourself, are, are, do you think you, know, you as a fan, you as someone who covers the team and just the market itself really gives a shit about this Minnesota Wild game? Or, do, or are they like underestimating this team and just saying like, hey, win or lose, like we've had a pretty good road trip and we just need to get home? Yeah, no, it's well. First of all, I'm I'm fully bought in on the bandwagon of hope right now. Like I am, I well, am as sealed. you should. I'm in, I'm in there, and I'm in there more as as much as anyone else is. Like my emotions are fully invested. And that being said, that's the reason that this Minnesota game is huge for us because it's one of those games that once you're sold on your team's success and the type of team we are right now, like you look at a Minnesota game like this one as kind of a a should win, not a must win, but like you know we're, we're kind of be, we're gonna it, it'd be a choke if we didn't win this game. That's the yeah. way I'm looking at it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and fair enough. And that, that's kind of thing. Minnesota, they're, they're a typical Minnesota team. They're like a team that's right outside the playoff cusp or, you know, a, a first round and then, you know, exit uh, type of team. And based on their roster this year and their slow start, like they've been giving teams headaches who, you know, haven't really – I mean, they, I think they, they beat Dallas like 7 nothing a few weeks ago in, in a game yeah. where the shots are almost even. So they can play with the best of them. However, they ain't fast. And – Vancouver Canucks, for the most part, are, uh, are a young team. And I just say that because they're, the players who are really contributing and scoring on the Vancouver Canucks are young players. Overall, they have a good mix in my mind, but long the short of it, they are a faster team than the Minnesota Wild. Last night against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, Minnesota, they skated well, but you could just tell coming through the neutral zone, they had to make like two or three passes just to, to gain that extra step on their opponent rather than, you know, a stretch pass from Quinn Hughes to Elias Pettersson to Brock Besser and, you know, a scoring chance ensues. Yeah. I mean, yeah, now you're pumping our tires with that example there, but I mean, that's coming off the game that we just had against Boston. And I'm sure all your Minnesota listeners will understand what that statement means when you play Boston. Um, it looks like men playing against boys. It's, it's crazy. That exact example you use where, Trouble going through the neutral zone, trouble making any type of pass without having, to, having all types of trouble around you was the entire game. Um, that was that my emotions took a hit on that one. My pride, my ego, everything. I really thought anytime we play the Bruins now, it's like nuts are on the table. You just want something to say fuck you to their fans about. And we didn't get it that time. So that kind of sucked. I'm sure you guys know what that feels like. I think it was 6-1 you guys lost. Yeah, 6-1, and the first three goals were power play goals by the Bruins on the first, second, and third penalty that the Minnesota Wild took. Um, I, 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 I do want to say the officiating this one, I, I don't question the officiating a lot, and nor have I this season, even though it, it seems like just National Hockey League fans are going a little crazy on officiating more this year than years past. But, but having said all that, I have to say that, like, I don't know, at least one of the three penalties – probably shouldn't have been called in in that opening frame Minnesota Wild tightened up and uh, only had one other penalty later in that game but you could tell they were just they were just thrown off because of that and rattled early and Boston they're such a like you said like a veteran team that they're so mature and they're yeah. going to win the neutral zone battles and and not saying the Minnesota Wild aren't because the the best players on the Minnesota Wild are well north of 30 I mean I joked earlier on this season that you know Zach Preeze and Ryan Suter um are, are kind of anchors of this team they aren't Ryan Suter is 36 points Zach Parise 19 goals and 32 respectively and fucking Eric Stahl is leading the team in scoring right now um so I mean the three yeah. oldest guys are leading the charge for Minnesota so they are a veteran team but they just don't have the other 
pieces, the complementary pieces, the Quinn Hughes, the Elias Pettersons, the Brock Besters. Hell, I'd even throw Bo Horvat into that mix. Now, I know he's not elite, but I'd love to use nice. – Well, I'd love for you just to highlight a little bit about him for our uh, you know, Minnesota Wild fans here who I think they don't – they don't get the pleasure of obviously watching a lot of the Vancouver Canucks, nor do yeah. they probably choose to. And this guy's underrated in the league. Sure, he may not be a top-line superstar center, but he, he's an awesome two-way uh, center in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have just as much of a good Canucks perspective as, as I do, but I mean, for your fans and and the comment you made about not getting to see a lot of the Canucks, I remember growing up and having the, the Northwest Division days, and I mean, it wasn't always a thrilling show when, when Minnesota would play Vancouver, but I mean back in those playoff series that we had, those were some fun times, but yeah, we don't really get to see much of each other's team anymore. But for Bo Horvat, me and my grandpa were talking about the other day. I mean, he's going to be a great, he, I think he's going to be much better than he already is. He's like you said, he's dominating the faceoff dot. I think he's top five in the league in that percentage. And other than that, he skates tremendously well. He just seems to have no finish where a star player would have finished. Like he doesn't, doesn't seem to score on these, on these rushes down the ice one-on-one, or he doesn't seem to, you know, wire the two, the two on one behind the trailing the puck or anything like that. But I think the thing that's poisoning our minds as Canucks fans is that these guys like Besser and Hughes and Pedersen have come through and they've been dominant within two years. Whereas that's not really like a normal trajectory for a prospect. So. Well, unless they're you know, elite. You know so I, mean? I think that says a little bit about, about these type of players that the Vancouver Canucks have drafted as of late. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like Bo Horvat is not going to be, He's not going to be a perennial 100-point guy, but I think he has not stopped growing yet. And I think that he will one day be kind of a 25-goal, maybe even 30-goal scorer. Just he's, the way he skates makes me truly believe that because that's, that's everything you have to unlock in this league. Is just It comes from skating. If you've got that down and you've got any kind of other realm of skill, then I think you will find more success than he has right now. So, and, he came in, and he came into the league as a 20-year-old, so it's not like he, he spent, what, one more year in junior after being drafted? Yeah. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a crazy different path that he's had I mean do you what what do you think about the mental side of the game and and what do you yeah kind of your perspective on what it means to be a captain like I think nowadays in 2020 with athletes nowadays there's so much mental pressure in every aspect of their life and to be a captain of a team I think that's just that is a totally different meaning than it was in 2005 or even 2010 Absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned that because here in the Minnesota wild uh, market, they kind of have a weird dynamic in result in, in regards to the leaders in the room. So I think Minnesota fans kind of just like roll their eyes at the weight and, and mental uh, aspect of it, as, as you mentioned, because right now, you know, Miko Koivu's on the last year of his deal. He, he may retire or come back for one more season with the wild, but either way, you know, this is kind of his last season as the captain. And then you have apparently Ryan Suter and Zach Parise are, you know, <laughs> captain uh uh b and yeah. or one b and two b as they're gonna assume the role and the room and they've been i guess vocal with management and ownership about how a young guy's not gonna take over this room when koivu retires because it's our room and they're there for life and so it's a weird dynamic here in minnesota but i totally i totally get what you say i don't think it's pressure i just think it a certain player has to has to wear that, and Bo Horvat's the perfect type of player to wear that because people are saying, "Oh, give this C to Brock Besser early in the season." Brock Besser is oh, not the type. Well, he's not the type of insanity. player to be a captain. He's a silent killer, right? Oh, dude, that's an even better example for that is Quinn Hughes. Like, don't ever give the C to Quinn Hughes at least exactly. this, unless he completely changes. And Pedersen's the same thing. Don't give it to any of those three. Like, it's not a knock against them, but you could see it having way more of an effect on their game than it would Bo Horvat. Like that guy is much more of a just. He's known for his hard working and his skating, whereas 
Elias, like if you have your captain trying to dangle guys at two, one, that's not really an example. You know what I mean? Whereas Bo Horvat sets an example in my opinion, at least for the hard work. I agree. And he's great with the media and, uh, and, you know, and addressing what needs to be addressed. And, he, he seems so exactly. composed out there as well. Um, I do want to talk yeah, a little he, bit about Brock Besser, though, before we, uh, before we end here, because I know you don't have too much time, and we thank, yeah. uh, thank Elijah yeah. again for joining us on short notice. But the Minnesota Wild passed on their, uh, their state boy and, told, and chose a Swede <laughs> by the name of Joel Erickson Eck, uh, 20th overall in the 2015 draft. Brock Besser went uh, three picks later to the Vancouver Canucks, where Jim Benning you know, rightly, uh, well, rightly thought that he – got a steal in that draft um by no means was Brock Besser a bona fide like goal scorer at that time and we we were just talking earlier about the long trajectory of prospect development and and that's Joel Erickson Eck for the Minnesota Wild he's 23 years old this is his first well, I guess his first full consistent run with the Minnesota Wild he did play 75 games in 2017-18 but he was up and down and he didn't get a lot of minutes because he didn't have the the respect nor I guess trust of now Bruce Boudreaux but he's got 21 points four goals respectfully this season and I, I don't know if you know anything about this player but he's basically a shit disturber on the ice he's a two-way player who can be a deterrent and he but he's nothing like Brock Besser with the, only the goal scoring ability yeah. to knock in four and 21 points this year so I, this market's disappointed with that pick man I, I, I think they have very big reason to be I mean I, I haven't followed the Wild and, and Erickson Eck enough to know really what his dynamics are in terms of in, uh, what he brings to the game on a day-to-day basis. Like, I could look at a stat sheet and say he's struggling this year. Um, I have seen his name in the media for some wrong reasons. But at the same time, I mean, Minnesota doesn't really seem like that team that's that has – maybe he's a guy who needs the surrounding pieces. You know, like Brock Besser, I think without Pedersen and without – he's like without the supporting cast that he has as well, I don't think he's really having – a individual dominant season like we haven't that first season that Brock Besser broke in he was really the only one other than Bo Horvat on this team he, he wasn't playing with the Sedins at that point so I mean he he came onto the scene and made everything himself his wrist shot was the one that put at least 20 in the back of the net and you really haven't seen that this year with him I mean he's got the points to to back up a decent campaign but he's one that I've been kind of poking at this whole year as as someone who maybe our expectations are a little bit different but I mean Minnesota what are you doing like he's got the hair that's everything that's everything Minnesota high school and college hockey is known for like this guy you can tell but he, right didn't, even ha- he didn't even have to dye his hair blonde because that shit's au naturel yeah like this is <laughs> this is Brad Pitt at at the awards at the Oscars like come on you yeah, gotta I mean, take him Joel Erickson he's part of you know a, a trio of three you know prospects that were given a lot of rope this year and I think he he's played He's played his role to a a tease, a third line center who can play wing, primarily a shutdown role, and he gets under you know player skin, which is fine. But the fact that your your hometown kid was there and three picks later goes to Vancouver Canucks as a superstar, I mean, that's gonna play. And and I think Brock Besser, that's gonna be a player that the Minnesota Wild keep tabs on, especially since his contract isn't too too long. You know, it wasn't a max deal extension. Um, that that's gonna be. I think. Basically, long and short of it, if he gets traded anywhere or re-signs anywhere in his career, it's probably going to be the Wild. Yeah, because the timing will work out perfectly for that. Yeah. And, so. and come budget time for the Canucks, someone's, someone's getting the short end of the stick. And I'm not going to say it's Besser out loud, but there, he, he's definitely on the short list of guys who would be looked at. 
You heard it here first, folks. Okay, last last thing I want to highlight here, Elijah, is uh, is Jake Vertanen, another player who took a long time to come into his own. And hell, I'm still I still question if he's come into his own this year. And really, you know, and this is the stepping stone forward. But he's having a hell of a run. Um, I talk about Shotgun Jake here on the Soda Pod, and earlier this season, I. Uh, I suggested a trade where, you know, Ryan Donato for, for Jake Vertanen would, would benefit the Wild. Now it was tongue-in-cheek because I just wanted to bring Shotgun Jake to St. Paul. And, uh, and I thought that they were, they were similar players, both talented in their, in, their, uh, in their respects, but just lack in the drive and just in other areas that, that make you a dominant uh, National Hockey League player. Ryan Donato hasn't had a, a great season. He's taken a step back, whereas Jake Vertanen, man, he's taken a step forward. So just talk a little bit about this uh, Shotgun Jake player. Well, I think the most important thing that any Minnesota fan or any listener of this episode needs to know is that probably his first nickname is Thick Tuna. That's what, we, <laughs> that's what me and Josh took call him by. I mean, he shows up. He's known for having the Kyle Wellwood diet and showing up to camp just looking like a, looking like a loaf of bread. So we call him Thick Tuna around these parts. Um, he's having an unbelievable season. Um, he's got to be on the list of five players who have really completely turned around this season from day one. Um, and meaning turning around just from the expectations that were laid on us. Um, he's got to be on the short list of five guys who have had the biggest impact. Um, there's got, and w- one of the things I've noticed about him is there are some guys in our team who in games like the Bruins games, when it's, it's out of reach and we were never really in it. He seems to be a guy who's always in it, like with his feet, with his physical play and on a team with of ours, where our star players are obviously not, the most physical guys and not the ones to to push back most of the time he actually is one of the guys first in the scrum he's there's guys like Roussel and other guys who you expect it from and you know they're going to punch back but guys like Jake you never really knew if they were going to be that guy and and he's he's come forward as in those scrums and in those moments as having his teams back for every moment that needs to have it and if it wasn't for him, my face would have never been on Hockey Night in Canada. All right, Elijah. Yeah, right. That's a legendary, <laughs> legendary appearance. I'm taking too much of your time, man. Your friends are waiting. I'll let you go. I know in the in the yeah. standings, you know, in the Central, we got the Wild at the bottom. In the Pacific, we got the Canucks at the top. But uh, I do caution all your listeners and fans there in uh, BC to just don't take the Wild for granted. And uh, it may be a slower pace game, but. Don't, don't count these veterans out on the Minnesota Wild. I mean, that win against Chicago the other night, Zach Prize was an absolute beast. Uh, have a good night, buddy, and we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, guys. Again, a big thanks to Elijah for, uh, for jumping on tonight. It's kind of, uh, I mean, the conversation jumped all around, but that's, that's kind of exactly what I, what I wanted. Um, didn't have any, like, set questions or anything. Uh, again, Elijah joined me kind of on a whim. So, yeah, it's always great catching up. If you haven't listened to their podcasts, go check it out. It's uh, it's 100% fact-based. As I say that, uh, tongue firmly planted in cheek. It's, uh, it's a wild ride, folks. It leaves you laughing. It leaves you cringing. It leaves you actually know, uh, learning a little bit more about the Vancouver Canucks. Um, look, they're not trying to be TSN. They're not trying to be Sportsnet. They're 100% unique and uh, their brand and their stick and their chemistry all together, having fun talking hockey, shooting the breeze, it's, uh, it's really awesome to listen to. I mean, when, when we were able to lock these guys up and to bring them aboard the Hockey Podcast Network, uh, we were very, very excited and we are very fortunate to have them. So go follow them at StickInRinkPod on Twitter. Don't forget to follow as well. I mean, 
if you like stick and rink, if you like if you like us having some fun and and learning about things you didn't think you'd learn about on a hockey podcast, don't forget to subscribe and follow uh, Terry Ryan and Terry Ryan's podcast Tales with TR, a hockey podcast. Episode five featuring Josh Green is available on the Hockey Podcast Network's feed and on Terry's own feed wherever you get your podcasts from. He's taking a little break right now as he's setting up some new gear. Uh, he will get back into the swing of things very very soon, and we'll uh, update you as uh, as soon as we know some of the the, the upcoming dates for his uh, his podcast to continue. But go catch up. On the last five episodes, and again, last one was featuring former NHL player Edmonton Oiler Josh. Well, Edmonton Oiler among many teams, Josh Green. Uh, go check out the Hockey Podcast Network's analytics-based podcast, Ice Analytics. Uh, you can find that on its own feed and again on the Hockey Podcast Network uh, by looking up the Ice Analytics podcast. Dr. Matthew Arp talks about hockey through the lens of numbers and analytics and he has some great topics every week every friday a new episode of ice the ice analytics podcast comes out again on its own feed and on the hockey podcast network final segment of the show man i have so many notes here on this segment i'm i'm admittedly gonna cut a bunch of them and uh, just put them on the shelf and we'll bring them back when brandon joins us because a lot of them though are current they're they're topics that uh that extend just you know the 24-hour news cycle so uh i'm excited to run those down with brandon but again final segment of the show uh before just we quickly run down our poll question uh some general hockey talk around the nhl all right let's get into it whoa caffeine's starting to kick in and it's uh and it's just about midnight here on the West Coast. Thanks again to everybody joining the Soda Pod episode. What are we at? 38 now. Wow. It took 38 episodes to get regular guest rotations on the podcast. <laughs> I joked about that last time. It's hard. You know, sometimes you reach out to a bunch of people and you get replies that day. Let's let's talk today or, or tomorrow. And some, sometimes you get them three weeks down the road. Sometimes you get them in bunches where you have to coordinate, okay, five people just got back to me or three people just got back to me. I got to, I got to line this up. It's a lot when you, uh, when you want to consistently bring guests on the show, but I I think it really adds more to the soda pot, especially if we can get a unique array of people, players, those connected to the the game of hockey. All right. We, uh, let's talk a little bit about the national hockey league. There's, uh, some interesting stories, some interesting notes that I'm admittedly just going to fire through here on this final segment. Um, I, I, I kind of, like I said, coming into this segment, I, I didn't necessarily cut, but I put on the shelf some other topics and, uh, and news and notes that I wanted to talk to or talk about with someone and have a conversation about so we're going to put those on the shelf until Brandon joins us but uh we'll start the segment off talking about my favorite player in the National Hockey League Alex Ovechkin 16 goals in his last 10 games played three hat tricks his last one a natural one occurring in the last six minutes of the game He's three shy of 700 goals, and I believe he he reached 700 faster um, than than Wayne Gretzky. I, I believe I heard a stat that um, 
or or at least the from 500 to 700 he he hit it faster than than Wayne did um regardless 40 goals this season he surpasses David Pasternak uh 57 points there was a time a few years ago where Alex Ovechkin only put up uh, 69 points respectively. He still scored 33 goals, you know, 2016, 2017. And people were thinking, you know, is this is this the start of the decline of Alex Ovechkin? Is it? I, I, I don't know. I'm, back then, I didn't believe it. You know, people are saying the same thing about Crosby, though Crosby coming off injury was a little bit of a different story. 40 goals this year, 51 last year. I mean, he's on pace to score 60. Hell, I think the guy, I think he's got his cup. And obviously, he's going to want another Stanley Cup. Every every hockey player, you know, playing pro hockey, that that's the dream. Win as many cups as you can. Party just as hard. I mean, he's 34. I don't even think he'll be able to drink as much as he did last time, <laughs> just two years uh, after. Um, but, but I think he wants Gretzky's goal record. I think that's his next goal. And... Alex Ovechkin, when when this guy puts his mind to something, he uh, he accomplishes it. You can just see throughout his career, um, he's just gotten better, and he's and he's addressed his shortcomings as far as his play on the ice, anyways. So congratulations to Alex Ovechkin, unbelievable stuff. So close to to seven hundred and close to Gretzky's, which is what just above just above nine hundred. Oh, 894. I thought it was 900. I thought it was 930 or something. So I was off. 894. He's going to catch it. He's going to catch it. Just you wait and see. Another milestone that I want to talk about. uh, Vettori Filpila. 1,000 games played in the National Hockey League. So many uh, 1,000 games played milestones by various players this season, uh, I'm finding. Filipilla was the first Finnish player, believe it or not, to suit up for the Detroit Red Wings franchise in history back in two back in 2005. Pretty crazy to think about, seeing as you know Detroit, the Detroit Red Wings, the roster was full of European players um, historically, and when they had success with various Russian players and Swedes, I found that interesting. Um, he's also the eighth Finn in National Hockey League history to reach 1,000 games played so congratulations to Valtteri Fiopula a player who I always thought was uh you know one of those just solid third liners who could play second line minutes if if necessarily um a player that you that you need slash want on your team when uh, when your team is making a run speaking of uh speaking of a, a team that we all thought was going to make a run but their defense so depleted in the off season, and Dustin Bufflin, he's very much to blame. It looks like Big Buff and the Winnipeg Jets are looking to terminate his contract and part ways. Now, Dustin Bufflin refused to report to the Winnipeg Jets training camp. It was said that he had some injuries and there was a dis- a dispute. Um. Just based on how that was going to be handled, Bufflin wanted to see different doctors, um, and the Winnipeg Jets obviously just wanted Bufflin to address the situation, all of them to address the situation, so that he could play out his contract and continue to be a pillar on the back end for this team. Um, Winnipeg's entire defense core, their top three players anyways, in Bufflin, Truba, and Myers were just gone. Gone. Maybe, maybe top three defenders on their team isn't the right word but three pillars three veterans 
three really important pieces in making that defense so good gone and Winnipeg as a result has not been the same team this year so I'm interested to see where uh where Dustin Bufflin lands assuming he still wants to play hockey at the what the highest level or at all this this next one and this is uh I have one more after this folks but I I have utmost respect for Nashville Predators general manager David Poyle he now has the most wins as a general manager in the National Hockey League. 1,507 wins as a general manager um, for the for the Nashville Predators. This is unbelievable. Um, this team started in 98-99. David Poyle has been there from the beginning. Had Barry Trotz as his head coach all the way up to 2013-14. And Peter Laviolette up until, well, this year where he fired his first coach mid-season and uh and and brought on John Hines who was fired earlier by the New Jersey New Jersey Devils as you all know. Um just congratulations David Poyle because this guy he he's not afraid to make the bold trades. He's built through the draft. His team is for the most part made the playoffs. Um the the, the first few seasons, you know, up until in 2000 and uh, three two thousand four, obviously a a playoff drought, and they never really got, they never really made a run. Hell, they never even got out of the 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 second round before going to the all the way to the finals in twenty sixteen seventeen. But they made the playoffs nonetheless, and especially with Barry Trotz uh, style, him and Poyle seem you know saw eye to eye and and built this team or that team at the time together structure was in place and Poyle put the you know got the pieces to fit that structure and he seemingly has been able to do so ever since and this year is kind of an anomaly um there just doesn't seem to be the urgency on the ice like we've seen in in past years maybe there's just seasons like that and it seemed like just the perfect storm Laviolette being fired so obviously there was probably a disconnect with the coach um, maybe things were just getting stale, but the the talent is still there, and you kind of forget that they addressed, you know, their their lack of a top center historically with Matt Duchesne this season, and though he's third in, on the team in scoring, he only has thirty five points and eleven goals. Roman Yossi, on the other hand, pff, what a fucking stud! Fifty one points, fourteen goals, leading the team in fifty two games played. Now Nashville is starting to pick up some steam in the West, um, so we'll see. Uh, We'll see how many wins David Poyle gets the rest of this season. Now, finally, speaking of wins, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, I don't know what it is with John Tortorella and this team, folks, but they've won eight of their last nine. Four shutouts in that time. Yes, four shutouts in that time. This young goalie is out of his mind. Elvis Merz-Lincolns is out of his fucking mind. The Riga Latvia native, 25 years old, but hey, He's played 23 games. Is is he in the running for the Calder? I I think he's making a case. Even I mean, obviously, he's just he's on a heater. There's no way anyone can can replicate this pace as a goaltender in the National Hockey League. It's it's quite frankly impossible. But it can lift you into a Calder race. Um, I I I firmly believe that even at the age of 25 years old, you're still a young goalie at the age of 25 years old, though. It is trending a little bit younger as we see. 
The Columbus Blue Jackets, though, like, they're not just running over easy opponents here. I mean, they beat the the, the Florida Panthers, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Boston Bruins, the Carolina Hurricanes as of late. And, I mean, yeah, they've gotten a little bit of luck recently uh, playing the, the, the Buffalo Sabres, the Winnipeg Jets, and the New York Rangers. And their next game... Um, today actually if you're listening to this is against the Detroit Red Wings so some easy points there but then they got the Avalanche and the Lightning next I'm very very curious to see how John Tortorella and his club handle those uh, those next two clubs coming up Pierre-Luc Dubois making uh, making Columbus look real smart passing on um, Pugliarvi what was it uh, a few years ago 42 points 17 goals and 54 games played and Gustav Nyquist second in uh, team scoring with 34 points and 12 goals in 54 games. Zach Ransky, what an absolute stud. 22 years old. He's only 22 years old. 32 points, 16 goals, and 47 games on the back end. And Seth Jones is having a an awesome season as well. Oliver Bjorkstrand finally, you know, I don't want to say this is his coming out party because the 24-year-old, man, it seems like he's been around longer again. Um and, well, looking at his age anyways, but uh, 29 points, 5 goals in 54 games. I mean, finally starting to, to gain some traction in the in the National Hockey League as a, as a regular. But this team's doing it by committee. They're doing it the John Tortorella way. And, um, and they have... <sighs> they have some surprisingly unbelievable goaltending. And, um, hell, they went on a run a, a few years ago. Mind you, it was a much more talented team. Uh, but eight of their last nine games and four shutouts in that period of time is no joke. So the Columbus Blue Jackets shaking shit up in the East. All right, I've said it a bunch of times. I have a few more stories and notes I want. I, I originally wanted to get into with Brandon, but since he's not here, I think we're just going to put them on the shelf and uh, and just talk about the last uh, piece of hockey. Um, well, the last hockey topic that I want to to open up with all you listeners, I encourage you all to to tweet us at the Soda Pod um, and and chime into our poll question because we kind of based it around this topic. It's in, uh, inspired by Lou Nanny and Judd Zolgad's conversation on uh, well the NHL bye week. So we asked you what best describes the National Hockey League bye week. We gave you the options of ridiculous, helpful, understandable or redundant. Now, Ridiculous is leading the poll, and thanks, Judd, for retweeting it. Give us a little uh, little boost there. 68% Ridiculous is leading the poll right now. Uh, 17% Understandable, 11% Redundant, and 3% Helpful. I don't think it's helpful. For players in their 20s, you know, early 30s, to take a week off and you know go get drunk on a beach somewhere um, somewhere exotic, I don't think that's good for an athlete, especially an athlete who isn't isn't a rhythm, especially for a team that may be you know in a rhythm in sync. Now say what you want about the the analytics behind um, what do they call it here on local radio Wolfpack analytics, Wolfpack mentality analytics. Momentum is a real thing. And this disturbs it. And I think it's pretty ridiculous to think that it's, from from a health perspective, healthy for the body to quote-unquote recover when a lot of these players are are doing things. You know, hell, some have gone, like, hiking. Some, you know, uh, they'll never disclose it because they can't due to contractual reasons. Maybe 
go and hit the slopes or do some things that they probably maybe shouldn't do, like get loaded on a beach in Cabo, for example. Now, that's some off-season shit. That's some, you know, I'm not in the playoffs. I'm going to go uh, I'm going to go sulk or go enjoy my time off, what however the players look at it. I don't think doing it mid-season benefits uh, both the the club on a on a macro level in regards to the team's the team gelling or the team momentum whatever whatever term you want to call it um nor do i think it helps the players um you know a player either nursing an injury um needing you know some time to recover or uh, a player that's perfectly fine and i think it's ridiculous uh let us know what you think we you know comments are always encouraged on the poll question or uh, just reach out to us on uh, on our text or voicemail 612-324-1684 thank you to those tuning in on soundcloud spotify and apple podcast folks the best thing you can do for us this week besides donating on patreon is to give us five stars on itunes apple and you know wherever you can rate uh the respected podcast on both the main feed the hawk podcast network and on the individual feed um you can look up whatever podcast uh, on the network on an individual feed. You will find it. It will come up. Go listen through our website, too, if you want to download the shows. Uh, they're all organized in playlists uh, at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. On your app, whatever podcast app you use, and whether you are downloading the podcast uh, from the main feed, the Hockey Podcast Network, or an individual feed of the your favorite show, Download the episode before you listen. It just helps our business. Um, we have some giveaways going on network-wide. Obviously, we have our Gong Show Gear Weekly giveaway on at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. Uh, the Oil Country podcast uh, covering the Edmonton Oilers. The Stick Hungry podcast covering the San Jose Sharks. And, um, and the Colorado Avalanche Offside by a Mile podcast. They all have giveaways right now, so go check them out on Twitter. Uh, go check it. You, you can find their Twitter accounts or, or links to, to some of their contests too by going and following uh, at HockeyPodNet. Uh, that's the show, ladies and gentlemen. I got a little pep in my step now that I'm a couple coffees in. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't have it uh, early on in the show as I was uh, just just getting some caffeine in me. Uh, give me a follow on Twitter at VI Sports Talk. I'm totally interactive. Uh, the the SodaPod Twitter account is interactive as well, and you'll be able to get details on how to enter our monthly giveaway draws at the SodaPod, and of course uh, the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Pod Net. The Hockey Podcast Network. That's right, the Hockey Podcast Network, folks. Familiarize yourself with that name. Signing off. I am Isha Jerome. This has been the Soda Pod, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Stay wild.